Hello and welcome to the Moving Curve. I am Rukmini, a data journalist based in Chennai. Every night on this mini cast, I consider one question around the novel coronavirus epidemic in India. Tonight I am considering this one: How do we measure the risk to ourselves from the virus? It's day one hundred and twenty-six of the novel coronavirus epidemic in India, and we are reporting two lakh seven thousand six hundred and fifteen cases. with 5815 deaths as the lockdowns restrictions lift and we start to go about our lives one of the things that i think we are all doing consciously or unconsciously is drawing up risk matrices we are all trying to gauge how risky it is to go for a run or have a plumber come home or go to the fish market and when i try to make these decisions i often find myself wondering how much contact is really needed for the virus to spread By now we all know what lab settings have shown which is that respiratory droplets particularly if aerosolized through a cough or a sneeze and without a physical barrier like a mask can spread to a person up to 2 meters away the virus can also remain on surfaces for several hours and contact transmission from surfaces is possible but i'm curious about what we know from real life settings in settings where authorities have managed to do complete contact tracing We have some insights on what sort of interaction could be most dangerous to us. Most of the examples that follow are drawn from three sources: a Twitter thread by Dr. Muge Chevik, a virology clinician and researcher at the University of St Andrews in Scotland, a blog post by Professor Erin Romage, a comparative immunologist and professor of biology at the University of Massachusetts Dartmouth, and a Vox report that quotes them both. I've linked to all three. So the thing that's important to remember is that sustained contact typically in close quarters in an indoor space is what will put you at high risk. In late January the city of Liaocheng in China reported an outbreak of COVID-19 where the index case was a supermarket employee who had returned from travel outside the city. The Chinese CDC traced and tested his co-workers at the supermarket, family members of employees and clients. They found that the risk of infection was highest among the family members of the employees who tested positive then among the full cohort of supermarket employees and last of all very low among supermarket shoppers A similar case came out of South Korea where in March there was an outbreak in a call center in a mixed use building in Seoul The risk of infection was highest in one wing where from the diagram that accompanies the research paper it appears that much like an indian call center employees sat right next to each other overall of the 97 cases detected in the building 94 were from the 11th floor where the call center operated and the share of all workers on the 11th floor who got infected was very high at 44% Then 16% of household members of those who were infected in the call center also tested positive. People on other floors of the building often interacted with each other in the lobby or the lift, but the risk was very low for any of them. So how can we think about the learnings from these studies for India? The only Indian cluster that has been studied scientifically so far is an early cluster of elderly Italian tourists, which was again a case of long hours of daily sustained contact within a group. From what I've read there are four key takeaways for India. One, as workplaces open up, implementing distancing and hygiene rules is going to be extremely important or an entire office getting quickly infected is a real possibility as the Chinese supermarket and Seoul call center studies show. Two, and this is again related to workplaces opening up, 
The risk to families, particularly in high-density cramped settings, is going to be enormous. We already know from the ICMR study that family members of positive cases form the largest share of those who have tested positive so far among those whose information we have in India. This is a time that our elderly community is going to see an elevated risk. Three, as public transport, which has been completely shut all this while, reopens, this is going to be an area of real concern. Time, proximity, indoors with little ventilation and little access to hygiene. Our public transport as it currently is carries all the risks of sustained contact. A recent study out of China investigated an outbreak that started at a Buddhist temple event, Vox reports. Two buses brought people to the function. On one of the buses, there was a person who later tested positive who had not yet started to feel the symptoms. The other bus was free of infected people. Both buses brought people to the same temple where they mixed and mingled. But who was most at risk of getting sick? Those who rode the bus with the infected person. 24 out of 67 people on that bus got sick. No one on the other bus did. And finally, 4. We have to come up with ways to keep public interaction quick and clean. One of India's largest clusters was the Coimbeda cluster from a wholesale fruit and vegetable market in Chennai. Which might make you think that even something like a visit to a crowded market can be dangerous. There's no doubt that it is dangerous to visit a crowded place right now. But the cases that I can see details for are largely of loaders and vendors who then returned to their families and infected smaller groups. When I spoke to senior journalist R.K. Radhakrishnan about it, he reminded me that because of a mistake in planning, a large number of people had had to spend considerable time inside the market. Many had actually stayed inside the market, even sleeping there for several days. For reasons that do not make sense to me, the first three items for reopening on the Ministry of Home Affairs Unlock Guidelines are religious places, restaurants and malls. If we are going to allow people to gather again in such potentially high-volume settings, then keeping them moving quickly and in reduced numbers is going to be key. For me personally, I try to think of all these risks together in this way. When I collect my Amazon delivery package, I go to my door wearing a mask, wash my hands after collecting the package and try not to touch it again till the next day. The risk for the delivery person would be highest in his workplace and if he were unfortunately infected would then be highest to his family members. My interaction with him is not sustained, but I'm still going to wear a mask and wash my hands. How we protect him at his workplace, on public transport, and then his family, that's what we need to be focusing on. Thank you for listening. This episode was edited by Anand Krishnamurti. Tomorrow, a new question.